0: Uh, called Sons and Daughters. It's based on a book by Brady Boyd, and we've been talking about it, having small groups with it, and God's been doing a great thing in uh, so many lives. And and we're looking at the story of the prodigal son, or I've been preaching from the prodigal son, because what God does in his word is he likens our relationship to him as a family relationship. He says that, that you're my children, I'm your father. That's what Jesus talks about in the in the Gospels, that God is our Father. He is our Abba Father. He is our, our, our daddy, our, our buddy. He is, our, he is our, our close and personal Father. And when we look at our dads in life, some of you may have had a good dad. Maybe some had a bad dad. Maybe some had an absent dad. Maybe you had a combination of that somehow, some way. And so God says, I want you to know what kind of Father I am. I want you to know what kind of dad, what kind of Abba Father I'm going to be to you. And so he gives us stories like the prodigal son, and we just watched that kind of as a review of my first message talking about that younger son who rejects his dad and runs far away and, and then comes to his senses and says, I, I need to go back to my dad. And, and going back, okay, I'm going to repent, and I'm going to make everything right, and I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to change, and I'm going to work hard. And... And he comes back looking and smelling like the pigs that he was watching. And I love the, the, the picture there that God gets up and he runs towards his son. And that even at our worst, God runs toward us. The young son comes home, he confesses, he repents, and he receives the love and the grace of the father. He didn't have to try to work harder. He didn't have to say, okay, now... I'm going to do good and and I just feel so bad for all the things I used to do. No, all of that began to melt away. He began to receive the love and the grace that the father had for him and he became a son right away. We're going to talk today now about the older brother. That was kind of a review of the last sermon on the prodigal son and now I want to look at this older brother who seems to do everything right. I mean, you look at his life. He's the strong one. He's the stable one. He's the competent one. He's the one that is with the Father and the Father's with him and he has everything that he needs. And yet he needs a relationship with the Father because he's missing out. And I believe the longer that we're saved and the longer that we're in church, we, we begin to forget that we identify with the prodigal because we've been saved and we're with the Father and we have all that he has to offer us. And I think the longer we're in church, we begin to relate more toward the older son. Because we become good at being good. So I want to look at the older son today. In Luke chapter 15, you can get your Bibles out, your sermon notes, and there's going to be things you want to write down today, but Luke 15 has the story of the prodigal son, and we're going to pick it up with the older brother in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. While he re- when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, what is going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. We're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends." Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf? His father said to him, Look, dear son, you've always been with me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. The older brother couldn't understand, and so we have to look at the context of the story that Jesus is teaching and see who's listening to this story. Just like we're listening to the story today, Jesus had an audience listening to the story, and so if you have your Bibles open to Luke 15, just go back to verse 1 and see who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to tax collectors and other notorious sinners, and they often came to listen to Jesus teach. So Jesus is hanging out with the worst of the worst there in verse 1. and verse 2, this made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them the story. Jesus tells the story to the religious leaders and the sinners that are with him at that time because the religious leaders are probably thinking, you say you're the son of God, but you're hanging out with these people. You're eating with these people. You obviously like these people. And if you were really the son of God, you wouldn't like these people because God doesn't like these people. And the sinners are probably thinking, yeah, that's, that's true. We, we're bad. We, we, are, we are so um, far away from being good. We are, you know Why are you hanging out with us? And Shouldn't you be hanging out with these religious guys? And, and, and they're thinking, yeah, you should be hanging out with us. We're the ones that are connected to God. And what Jesus wants to do here is He's saying, look, guys, all of you, God loves you all. He loves the sinner that is lost and far away. And He loves you too, religious leaders, but it's not about what you do because all the Father wants in the story is for His sons to come in and come to the party. All He wants to do is to eat with His sons And he doesn't want anybody to miss out because they're running away. And he doesn't want anybody to miss out because they're out in the field slaving. He wants them to come in and be in relationship with him. The devil is not threatened by you coming to church and doing religious duties. He is threatened when you begin to realize that you are a son or a daughter of God, that you belong to him, that nothing can snatch you from his love. When you walk in his grace and share his love with the world, that's when he gets scared. So do not live like a spiritual orphan. And I'm going to give you some characteristics and see if you see this in your life. A spiritual orphan is somebody who never really feels welcomed or loved or accepted. It's someone that feels far away from God all the time and it's like, I I know I'm I'm, I'm here, but I'm not in they know the power of love because we all need love. That's one of the greatest needs we have is love. So they know the power of love, but they don't love with the God kind of love. They use their love instead as a weapon. They use it to manipulate. And I want to tell you, there is nothing more ugly in family relationships than when someone uses love as a, as a manipulation tool to get what they want or to hurt someone else. It, it's, just, it's just, that's all they know what to do, though, because they're, they're so scared. They don't feel love They don't feel accepted. And they don't know how to receive love. Even if somebody was trying to love them, they wouldn't know how to be loved because they're so broken. And so they end up with this long list of failed relationships. Trying over and over again, and it doesn't work out, and it doesn't work out, and it doesn't work out. God has not called you to be a spiritual orphan in his house. You're in his family. He loves you. And he hasn't called you to be a slave either. This, this older son says, I, I've been slaving for you, dad. And He doesn't want slaves. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you three thoughts that slaves have. These are three thoughts that that, that slaves have in their mind. The first thought is this, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. They are performance-driven. They compare everything to everybody else. They'll compare their righteousness. They'll compare their works. They'll compare everything because it's all about what I do. It's not about relationship. It's based on me. It's based on what I do. It's on my gifts and my talents and their They're constantly trying to prove something to someone. Dad, I've been slaving for you. I've never done anything wrong. Anything you've asked me to do, I've done. And so he's trying to be good. We call it moralism. I'm just trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. You know what makes me so sad about that? Is that that's how the world sees the church. A bunch of people trying to be good. But they're really not. A bunch of people that just are trying to be good and that's why we have characters like on The Simpsons, Ned Flanders, you know the Christian next door neighbor, the goody two shoes, but that's what the world thinks of us. Just a bunch of people trying to be good. It's not what we're called to do. Rules are important. There are consequences if you obey or disobey rules. That's that's a given. But rules have nothing to do with your identity. You know, I, my kids can, can obey me or disobey me, and there's consequences to all of that, but they never stop being my sons. They'll never stop being sons. Rules, keeping the rules is not where your identity comes from because God's love for you will never, ever end. God loves you, period. That's it, end of story. That's the good news we should be preaching to people rather than you need to be good. Preach that, that that we don't just correct bad behavior, but that we enter into that relationship. That first thought, I'm better than you, leads to the second thought that you are a threat to me. See, slaves are constantly competing because everybody is seen as competition. You might might take my place. You're not better than me. I'm better than you, and I'm going to work harder than you, and I have worked harder than you, and I will work harder than you because you're not going to take my spot. Let me tell you, your spot is already settled. You don't have to work to be a son or daughter of God. Your spot has been settled by Christ and spiritual slaves or Are those that that, that I'm better than you and the only people they let in close is maybe somebody who could help them out. Maybe somebody who could could get me to the next level. If you can help me, then you can be close to me. But if you can't, you're a threat and I want to get rid of you. Which leads to the last thought. And that's if if you only knew. If you only knew who I really was. If you only knew what I was like in my heart. If you only knew. His son tries to say, Dad, I've never done anything wrong. I'm so good. Look at me. I'm so good. And the reality is, is that you can never reveal your true feelings or what you're going through because you've you got to keep it all together. I've got to put on this facade that I have it all together because if you only knew who I really was, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to pre- keep pretending and don't do that. There's two groups of people in our lives, and this is especially true for people in ministry, there's a group of people who think you're better than you really are. And then there's another group of people who think you're worse than you really are. And we keep those two groups in mind and we, we try to put on the facade and, and let the people who think we're better than we are keep believing that. So I'm going to do whatever I can to keep them believing that and I'm going to show them that I really am good. And I begin to, I begin to like think about those people and live my life that way and, and I want to tell you, we need to forget about what people think about us and realize what our dad has said about us. We've got to realize what God has said about us. We have to have confidence in what he says about me in his word. I have to have confidence in the prophetic words that have been given over my life. And I have to believe that nothing will ever separate me from his love. So this idea of, oh, if you only knew who I really was, I'm going to tell you, if you live with those thoughts, there is a cycle in your life. We call it the slave cycle this, this will ruin you. It's four parts. It's just a cycle that it's, it's going. It's, first of all, it's shame. You know, it's, I know who I really am. I know that I'm an orphan. I know that I'm a slave. I know that I'm no good. I know the truth, but I don't want you to know that, so that leads to fear. Uh, I don't want you to find out. You might find out who I really am, and so I'm afraid, so I'm going to control everything around me so that you won't find out who I really am. And so I control everything around me. You know what happens then? We, we live in bondage. We, we, we live in this bondage, and I want to tell you today, it's time to get set free. You don't have to live in that bondage. You are not in competition. You don't have to think you're better than everybody else. You don't have to hide who you really are. You don't have to say, well, if you only knew. You need to realize that you don't have to prove anything to anyone. That, that God has already settled it. He loves you. Your relationship with him is secure. Your identity has been set. You are a son or a daughter of God. And he loves that. Let me read you Ephesians chapter 1, 4 through 6, and then from the Message Bible. And I want you to hear this. Hear the voice of God right now. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. God's loved you from the very beginning. He's called you to himself. He's adopted you into his family. He has said, I, I've done this with great pleasure. I, I, this is my whole plan. When you realize who God is and how much he loves you, you will live as a son and daughter of God, and that can be your heart. That can be your motivation to love and to serve him and to follow him, not as a slave or an orphan, but as a son or a daughter. We were in an accountability group a couple weeks ago, and me meet with a couple guys. We've done it for years, just talking about life. And One of the guys was talking about his kid, Going on and on and sharing, and just in a a very brief moment, tears came to his eyes. And, And he just said, I'm crazy about that kid. I love him so much. I'm crazy about that kid. And as he was talking, it was a powerful moment, and as he was talking, I was thinking, you know, that's what God does when he looks at us. That God looks at you. He says, I'm crazy about you. And you could say, no, if you only knew God, He already knows. God is crazy about you. He loves you. He says good things about you. Inside your bulletin, there's a blue card. Could you just take that out real quick? Just take that blue card out. If it, if it fell out of your bulletin, that's okay. We got more in the lobby. You can pick it up. Maybe look at a neighbor's. But look at this card. God's crazy about you, He loves you. What? This is It says, Who am I in Christ? Look at that side. Who am I in Christ? I'm accepted. What, what am I? I'm his child. These are all scriptures you can look over. I'm his child. I'm his friend. I've been justified. I'm united with the Lord. I've been bought with the price. I belong to God. I'm a member of his family. I'm a saint. I'm adopted as God's child. I have access to God through the Holy Spirit. I've been redeemed and forgiven. I'm complete in Christ. I am all of these things because he says I am. And he says, I'm, I'm secure, I, I'm free forever from condemnation, and you go through that. You know, there is nothing that will separate us from his love. I am secure, I am accepted, that's when I'm significant. These are the things he says about me. I, I'm the light of the world. I'm a branch, part of the vine, I'm connected to God. I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These are, this is true about me, and when the lies come into our minds, you can look on the other side of your identity, the Satan's lies that come into your mind, just... Give give Satan God's truth from his word. Give give him that that I'm a saint. I'm one declared righteous by God. My identity comes from what God has done for me, not what I do for myself. It doesn't matter what the world says about me. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about me. It doesn't even matter how I feel. This is the truth. This is who you are. And as you look at that card and hear this sermon. And hear that God looks down at you with tears in his eyes and says, I'm crazy about you. You're having a hard time believing it. A lot of us have a hard time believing that that this is the truth. Well, it is. We have a hard time believing it. You want to know why? Because in our minds, we're going, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. Let me tell you, you're right. You don't deserve it. But that's how much God loves you. See, when we were still sinners, when we were far away from, when we hated God, the Bible tells us that he came to earth. This was his plan from the very beginning to come and be like you and me, but he was sinless so that he could die on a cross for our sins. And then he rose from the dead and he says, look, I'm going to give you forgiveness. I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you everything because I love you. I don't deserve it. I know you don't deserve it. But I love you so much. I will pay any price to let you know that you are these things. You don't deserve it, and yet God jumps up and He runs to us when we're at our worst. He pursues us, He redeems us, and it makes His day to love you. He is crazy about you. You do not have to live as an orphan or slave anymore because God has told you exactly who you are. Did you know that dad, father in heaven, God, he is somebody who wants to bless you? I take the boys to school and when I drop them off, about a block away from each drop off, I I give them the same blessing I do at the end of the service. And Lord, bless you and protect you. Smile on you, be gracious to you. Show you his favor, give you his peace. And I, I pray that over my boys. And I, I'm not allowed to forget because if we're getting too close to school and we're still talking and we haven't done it, then they're, dad, come on, the blessing, we've got to do it. Come on, hurry. And, and, um, and I love doing that. It's one of my favorite parts in the morning. I love how that, that starts out the day for, for them and for me. And, and I want you to think about God that way. You know that God wants to bless you? that God wants to speak these good things over your life, then there's nothing wrong with asking, God, would you bless me today? God, would you, would you just give me that blessing today? You know, he, he wants to do it not just at the end of service every week. God wants to give that to you every day. He wants to give that. That's the heart of the Father. I hope you hear the heart of the Father today. How much he loves you. How crazy he is about you. And these things are set. And we need to be walking in these ways. Not, I don't deserve this and I'm no good. And if you only knew, just don't worry about what other people say about you. Don't worry about how you feel. Worry about what God says. Hold on to what he says. How do we do this? I asked my small group on Wednesday night as we were getting together. "How How do we live this out? How can we do this practically? And so I'm going to give you two things to do this week. Just practical things you can do to receive what God has for you, to receive this great Father that we have in heaven and his blessing for our life. The first thing to do is look up. Look up. Look up to God every day. Look up to him and, 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 and see God. Look for him and say, God, I want to see you in my life today. Ask him when you look up in the morning. Ask him for his blessing. Read the blessing over yourself and know that that's God's heart towards his children. So just look up to God. Talk to him and invite him into your day and look for him throughout your day. So first of all, look up. Keep your eyes focused on God. Trust me, you keep your eyes focused on Facebook. You keep your eyes focused on on the news. You keep your eyes focused on work. I'm going to tell you, you will get depressed very, very quickly. It's time to look up. It's time to get focused on God and see him and ask for his blessing. Second thing is simply recognize him throughout your day. And the best way to recognize God is to be thankful and just say, God, thank you for for blessing me today. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Just seeing God at work and then responding to God, recognizing him. Imagine what life would be like. If we stopped living in this cycle of shame and fear and control and bondage, and we started to live in the freedom and the love of God, you can start that right now. Because I want to tell you, God is crazy about you. He loves you. And it's time to start believing the truth about what God says, not about how we feel about ourselves. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me today as we pray? And enter into a time of worship. We've left just a just a few minutes here, just five minutes here at the end of service for worship and prayer, but this may be the most important time together. Because I believe God wants to set us free. You are not called to to run away from God. You are not called to to slave for God. You're not called to be an orphan or a slave. You're you're called to be a son or a daughter. And that's who you are in him. Stop worrying about what you're doing. Stop worrying about what other people think. Stop worrying about how you feel. Stop wondering what God thinks about you. Open up his word this week. Take this blue card and open up his word this week and, and realize how much he loves you. And when you feel like you don't deserve it, just realize that that God loves you so much that he jumps up and runs to us even when we're at our worst. Because following the rules has nothing to do with your identity. You belong to God. He loves you today. He'll love you tomorrow. He'll love you forever. And all he wants is for you to come into relationship with him. To come to the party. He wants the lost to be found. He wants you to come home. To a perfect heavenly father. Who will always love you. Holy Spirit as we end our time together. I pray that bondage that has held us for too long would begin to melt away as we worship you now the fear the shame the control would be gone in Jesus name and that we would experience the love and the freedom as your child thank you God that you love us no matter what. God, thank you that you're crazy about us. And Lord, I pray as we worship you, we get crazy about you. That we take our eyes off this world and put them onto you as we worship today. Would you stand as we sing together and make this your prayer to the Lord.
1: a calm that then I'm gonna shout your name till the walls come fall To worship you, Hallelujah! Love you, Lord. We've come to worship, we've come, come to. to
0: Jesus, today we declare in your name, freedom. Freedom from bondage, freedom from slavery, freedom from a mentality of the orphan, freedom to worship, freedom to be in relationship, freedom to be sons and daughters. Thank you, God, for who you set free is free indeed. Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had together today, and Lord, we just uh, we just can't wait to live this week as your sons and daughters. Do something new as we look up and we recognize you at work in our life. As we meditate this week on who we are in you, Lord, I pray that we would know the truth, and that truth will set us free. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. And thank you that we take both with us as we go this morning. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, God. As we receive the blessing of the Lord today, I just want to let you know that we're here to pray for you because uh, we don't believe anybody should leave church the same way they came in. If you need prayer this morning, if you need something, if uh, something you're going through this week, you want prayer, we'll be down front to pray with you over here. And so just join us down here for prayer. And as you uh, go, if you want to spend a little more time with the Lord this morning, you can do that here and just uh, continue to commune with Him because that's all God wants is relationship. That's what He wants with you. He wants you to be close to Him. And there's cards in the lobby. There's one in your bulletin. Make sure you just study that this week. The, The book is called Sons and Daughters. We actually sold out the very first week of this series, but you can pick that up online or at a Christian bookstore. It's it's powerful. If you're here for the first time, welcome. We have a gift for you out in the lobby. Get involved in a small group. I'm talking about this, working these things out. If you don't have one, just come Wednesday night. We're here for you. We'll, we'll get you connected in a, in a small group. and We want you to be a part of that. I'm going to give you the blessing of the Lord this morning, but uh, I do want you to put uh, on your calendar the, the worship conference, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Terry McAlman will be leading worship here. I'll just tell a quick story. Uh, many of you know uh, my grandma who passed away this year went to be with the Lord. I'll never forget one time a, a number of years ago walking into her house. And she had one of Terry's CDs playing. And the presence of God in my grandma's house was so thick. I could, I could sense spiritually as soon as I walked through the door. And, and just, just the worship that was going on. And I was like, Graham, who is that? She told me. And I'm like, can I borrow that CD? And she said, no, it's mine. Get your own. Uh, and I went out and got it because it was so powerful. And, and to, to know that he's going to be here next weekend leading worship, I can't wait. We're going to be in the presence of the Lord this week. Let's live that way, okay? And let's receive his blessings. God was here, he would do this right now. He'd say, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor. He is going to show you his favor this week. He's going to give you his peace. God, we so desperately need that blessing on our life. We don't even have words to say it, but Father, may we walk in your blessing. May we bless our children. May we bless our children's children. May we share your blessing through this world, but first and foremost, God, may every day we realize we are your sons and daughters, and may we walk in your blessing. God, I pray that you keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you.